There are two readings this morning. And the first one is taken from the book of Colossians, chapter 3, verses 1 to 17. If you happen to be following it in a church Bible, it's on page 1184. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways, in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here, there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all, and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And a brief gospel reading from John chapter 13 on page 1082, verses 34 and 35. This is Jesus speaking. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be God. to God. Morning, everybody. Morning. Am I switched on? Is the sound coming through? Yes. Yes, brilliant. So uh, let's pray. Lord, in the words of that uh, passage we just had, may I speak in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, 
Uh, I like how Jamie introduced himself, so I'll do that. I might know everybody here, I don't I can't think. But uh, my name's Steve, I'm not the vicar here, I'm a chaplain at Bradford Royal Infirmary. But it's my pleasure to be here this morning and back here. <laughs> um, so this morning, I had the title for a talk, The Grace of Boundaries. So can we have the uh, slideshow up here? That's it. Oh, that, that light's bright. Now then. There is a Cherokee uh, story in which a grandfather describes to his grandson the battle between two wolves that wages within all of us. One wolf represents greed, hatred, jealousy, laziness, arrogance, falsehood, ego and resentment. The other wolf represents kindness, compassion, empathy, love, truth and humility. Which one wins? asks the grandson. The one you feed, responds the grandfather. That's good, isn't it? The one you feed. Now St Paul was talking about this same inward struggle, uh, conflict, in the book of Romans. And we heard all about that last week through Nathaniel. That was good, wasn't it? Those of you here. So inside of us, there is a struggle, isn't there? We all know that. We want to do something good, but we do the wrong thing instead. We, uh, we're kind of trapped in this struggle. And we can get so far in this struggle on our own by, by kind of trying hard, can't we? And, and uh, I'll, I'll choose the right thing. I'll, I'll feed the right wolf. Um, the good news is that we can get some help in this struggle. So St. Paul says in Romans 7, Thanks be to God, who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So we have some help to feed the right wolf. We have some help to live a life that pleases God. Uh, St Paul in, in his letter to the Colossians it kind of reframes this struggle as a, a struggle between death and life. Life as eternal life. A new reality. And in this letter, you may have noticed, St. Paul says to us, to those of us who, who trust in Jesus, you have been raised with Christ. You have been raised with Christ. That is the past tense, isn't it? You have been raised, it's happened already. And then he goes on to say, you died, past tense. And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. So it's as though we've been moved from one place to another, from the past to the present. You died and now you live with Christ. So over the last few weeks we've been thinking about eternal life. Thank you to Jamie and Nathaniel who've been kind of helping us to, to unpick what that means. A change from an old way of life to a new way of life. 
so again, back to my uh, back to my opening story. We 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 need to choose to feed the good wolf. But in this passage in Colossians, Paul doesn't begin by saying you should do this, you shouldn't do that, you ought to do this. Instead, he reminds us who we are. He says you are loved, he doesn't. He says uh, that. Um, I've got the right slide. Wrong one. He says that, that we're dearly loved by God. And that's our motivation. When we know that we're loved, our proper response is one of gratitude, isn't it? And, and uh, as Jamie was reminding us the other week, uh, what did he say? He said he, he found a love in Hazel and he wanted to please her, didn't he? That's what he told us. Is it going well? <laughs> <laughs> so, so we have a God, our Heavenly Father, who loves us. And our, our life is one where we want to say, we want to please you, God, in the things we do. Am I on the right slide? I should be on slide five. Is that slide five, Matt? Let's. So because of this new reality, we want to live out a life that pleases God. So Paul says, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. So feed the good wolf. Just a word about rules. Because I've, I've come to see that the Christian life is a big tension, isn't it, between um, what God wants for us and he wants to bless us and he grows fruit in us. We were reminded of this the other day, weren't we? Yeah. He grows the fruit of the Spirit in us. But unless we choose to join in with God, we tend to go the wrong way, don't we? It's, we're, we need to work in cooperation with God. As attention, and some of us at sometimes uh, focus too much on the rules rather than the grace that God wants to give us. So let's have a think about rules for a minute. The uh, the Ten Commandments in uh, the Old Testament make perfect sense, really, and there there are boundaries for the people of God to live within. So uh, you know God gave them these these rules, so they knew how to behave. And, and if they behaved in this way, they would please God. God made a covenant, and he said, I want you to behave like this. They were different than the rules that uh, the people around them lived by. But as I just said, rules can become the main thing rather than the means to the end, which is to live to please God. Uh, I heard the other day that the commandments are a bit like a, a, a magnifying glass. And uh, sometimes we just focus on the magnifying glass instead of looking at what God wants us to do. And now Jesus had a lot to say about um, the Pharisees, didn't he, in the Gospels? Uh, he, he seemed to be pretty critical of them, didn't he? Those nasty, horrible Pharisees. And they, they, uh, they kind of used the law and the commandments to control people. And uh, you know, made people feel bad. That wasn't the point of the law at all. Um, 
But before we start thinking, uh, I'm glad I'm not a Pharisee, <laughs> I'm glad I'm not like them, we ought to uh, just stop and think, didn't we? I, I suspect we're a bit more like the Pharisees than we care to, uh, care to think, aren't we? Because, maybe it's just me, it's, uh, we like to think we're better than other people, don't we? <laughs> At least I'm not like that person who's... Uh, stolen from that bank or whatever or at least I'm better than that person this is not God's way is it uh, God's way isn't for us to, to try hard to be the best that we can be God's way is grace and um, as St James puts it every good and perfect gift come, comes from above from God every good and perfect gift that's all about grace uh, the way God works, the way God wants to change us is through grace. Not that we've deserved anything, but through Jesus, God comes to us and, and changes us. That's what we've been talking about these last few weeks, eternal life. A, a change in the quality of our life, God changing us from within through his spirit. Um, I like this uh, quote that uh, Nathaniel gave us the other day. Sorry I couldn't be there on Wednesday. Um, it says this. Grace should not be thought primarily as God's forgiveness of our sin, whilst of, of course grace covers our sin. Grace should be thought primarily as power to lead an obedient life. Grace should be thought primarily as power to live an obedient life. The two wolves. We want to choose to feed the right wolf. Grace gives us power to do that. The boundaries of grace enable us to follow the perfect law that brings freedom. And I've sent Paul back to Colossians. He kind of presents to us two ways of life. In the first way, he says, Put to death, am I on the right? There we are. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. That's the one way of life. That's the, that's the bad wolf. <laughs> the other way of life presents to us is this. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. There's uh, two, two points I want to make about uh, what I've just said. First of all, live intentionally. Secondly, put to death. Sorry, secondly, be faithful in the little things. Live intentionally. These, um, these new clothes that Paul writes about, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. They sound nice, don't they? They sound lovely. <laughs> Until we start trying 
to put me into practice. Live intentionally. I love the, uh, the metaphor that, um, that, that Paul uses. Clothe yourselves with these things. Clothe yourselves. Now, here's the primary school teacher in me. Clothe is a verb. It's something that we have to do. <laughs> right? We have to choose to do it. Um, here's a wardrobe. It's a bit messy. Um, the clothes will not put themselves on you, will they? You have to go and get them and put them on. Okay? So while God wants to grow this fruit in us that we heard about, um, fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, um, they'll grow so much better if we choose them. So here, Paul uses this, this image of clothing ourselves. So go into your wardrobe and say, I want to put on love today. I want to put on humility, gentleness, kindness, compassion. Be intentional. Think about how you're going to live. Um, by the way, how are you getting on with, um, with this challenge that, that Jamie present, presented to us a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it? He said uh, he had a, a, little, a few hooks by his door, is this right? And um, each of them in their family were choosing one of the fruit of the Spirit to, uh, to intentionally uh, work on over the, uh, over the coming year. Did everybody do that? I won't embarrass anybody by asking you, but uh, my one uh, that I chose actually was chosen before I heard Jamie speak. And it was, it was weird, really, because uh, the new year, I suddenly got this, this word in my mind, um, generosity. And uh, Jane will tell you, I'm not really a very generous person. But I thought that <laughs> this was God saying to me that I needed to be more generous. Okay, and in the fruit of the Spirit, the, the one that fits is kindness. So that's, that's my uh, thing to work on. And you can ask Jane how I'm getting on with it. Um, so, be intentional about uh, putting on these, these clothes that um, God wants us to put on. Choose them and put them on. Because um, as we intend to live this way, then um, they become more of a habit for us. You know, as, as we choose to forgive, um, it, get, it, it somehow it, it doesn't necessarily get easier, but it becomes a, more of a habit to us. Because it's not easy, is it, to forgive? It, it really isn't, is it? Even, even uh, you know, a little argument you have with somebody, and you, you know, really, I ought to forgive now. But it's so hard, isn't it? But just intend to do it, and it becomes more of a habit for us. Uh, I've, I've found, uh, as I get older, and I am quite old now, um, the, the, uh, that coincidences happen in life that, that you think, that must have been God. So as we kind of intend to live a godly life, God puts these coincidences in our life. Uh, they seem to happen a lot at the moment in the hospital. So for example, the other day, uh, somebody was on my mind. A friend of mine was having a, a biopsy. 
And I kind of half thought of them and uh, said, a little, said a quick prayer. And then, I, then I'd forgotten about them. And then towards the end of the day, I went in the hospital chapel. And who should be there but this person? God had put them right in front of me. I couldn't ignore them anymore. And um, he'd had his biopsy and um, was pretty worried. So we, we could have time to, to pray about that. And then another coincidence, strange coincidence, um, I got a, a text during the day saying, uh, uh, can you visit my wife? She's on, she's on Ward 20 something. And um, so I went to see this person and uh, it was lovely. We, uh, we, uh, we had a prayer together. And then, uh, then she said, oh, by the way, there's, uh, there's some other Christians in this bay. There's only a bay of four people. The two other people in that bay were Christians. And the woman next to her, my, this friend of mine, the woman next to her, um, she said, um, I, I didn't recognise her at all because she'd had a road traffic accident in a quite bad way. But she said, ah, you are, you are Steve Lees. You married my daughter. <laughs> and I, I'd done the wedding of her daughter a few years ago and what, I mean what are the chances of that I don't know but, but it, so we were able to talk about, about that family and, uh, and the blessing that they were to, to her and she told me in this accident sorry I'm going off the point but this is uh, really good she told me that <laughs> she had an accident uh, she was in her car and uh, somebody else crashed into her and forced her off the road and it was so bad that the, that the Fireman had to cut her out of the car. Um, and she said that the person who crashed into her had had a stroke. So it wasn't his fault, you know. Um, but then she said, it was amazing. The person behind me, so travelling behind me, was an ex-policeman. And he stayed with me. He came with me in the ambulance, held my head up because of the, the accident she had, And stayed with me all the way to the hospital. He was like an angel. God had sent this person to be with her. She's doing, she's doing really well. Uh, so that's all about coincidences that I, that, that I find happen when we, when we intend to follow Jesus. It's not easy though, is it? Because we, we kind of forget, we take things for granted and then uh, the coincidences don't happen then. So, so we intend to follow Jesus. Second point, be faithful in the little things. Uh, the other day, I was listening to um, a Bible app that I use. Um, can't remember what it's called. It's the one, uh, I don't know what it's called. Anyway, it's good. Um, and in this Bible app, they were talking about this person called Amy Carmichael. Anybody heard of Amy Carmichael? Maybe, yeah. Uh, Amy Carmichael was a, an Irish woman in the 19th century, became a, a, a missionary in India and she set up a, an orphanage, did amazing things. Just this ordinary person who uh, decided to, to follow Jesus and uh, did these amazing things. Uh, but what struck me about her story, Amy Carmichael said, um, 
The important decisions in my life weren't the big ones, like whether to go to India or not. The important decisions were those little yeses, those everyday yeses to Jesus. You know the ones I'm talking about. Those little yeses. Will I forgive that person who just really irritated me? Will I, um, will I choose to love my neighbour? Perhaps I'll go and put their bin out tonight. Will I... All these little things that happen every day, the little yeses. As we, as we try and put these clothes on that Paul's talked about, humility, gentleness, will we, will we choose those, those little yeses? Those are the important things in life because as we choose these things, Jesus shapes our character, makes us more like himself. We become more like Jesus. So, I wonder what uh, those everyday little yeses to Jesus are for you. What is Jesus challenging you about today? Because there's this battle, isn't there? Will I choose to uh, satisfy myself? Will I choose the earthly nature? Or will I choose God's nature? Um, at the start, Jamie was talking about this perfect law that brings freedom. So as we, ch- as we choose these little yeses, as we say yes to Jesus in the little things, then um, we find actually we're, we're freer, we become freer. It, d- it doesn't really make sense, does it? But uh, that's what happens. We'll sing a song uh, after I've finished talking. Uh, and it's called Jesus, All for Jesus. And one of the lines uh, which we'll sing is, it's only in your will that I am free. Only in your will that I am free. So as we sing that later, just be thinking about those little yeses that you can make for Jesus. Um, nearly finished. I want to quote another song to you. And it's a lovely song uh, that was written by... Uh, uh, two people from Halifax, Kath and Angus. Uh, you might, I know, Nathaniel will know them. And uh, they, they did this little uh, CD of, of Christmas songs. And they wrote one uh, about a nativity story from the donkey's point of view. And uh, let's face it, nobody wants to be the donkey in the school nativity play, do they? You want to be Mary or Joseph. Um, so the donkey is kind of the little creature in this, in this story. And if donkeys have a brain to think, I don't know. They probably think, I'm not very important. I'm a bit part player. But uh, just, just listen to the lyrics of this song. They're really beautiful and deep. Um, they go like this. Be faithful in the little steps, the small and the familiar. You're part of something bigger, something wonderful. Of the parts you play, you're often unaware, but you're chosen and you're loved beyond compare. So you, yes you, have been saved by God's grace. Live in the boundaries of that grace. You're part of something bigger. Part of God's plan 
to bless this earth, to bless Rising Hall. You're part of that plan. You're part of his plan to bring eternal life to individuals, families, nations. Part of his plan to bring his eternal life to our politics, our environment, all sorts of things, everything. Now, first and foremost, you're not called to be successful. Maybe you will be successful. What you are called to be is faithful. Faithful in the little things, the little steps. And you're chosen and you're loved beyond compare. Let's pray. As I'm praying, let's, uh, Nathaniel, come up and um, uh, get registered for us. Uh, so let's, pl- let's pray. St. Paul says this, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Lord Jesus, remind us, your chosen people, how dearly loved we are. And now, give us grace. Grace to clothe ourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Help us to say yes to you, Jesus, in the everyday little things. Amen.